Tonight's final bout is for the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship scheduled for one fall or to curfew. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. The last of the Titans. In the passion and death of their struggle, the very art that had raised them to such Olympian heights was lost. Their techniques vanished. Referee giving instructions here to both principals, and this should be one whale of a match to wind up things here in Madison Square Garden. All right, fans of the Titans of Wrestling, if you're digging this show, you got to know that we've been doing them for a while. We've got an archive of shows that you're going to blow your mind. Just head on over to the Place to Be Nation to check them out. Titans of Wrestling Archives, you know you want to hear it. This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com. The only place to be in your pop culture world. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of Titans of Wrestling. I'm here as ever with Pete. How are you doing, Pete? Doing good, man. Uh, Johnny. Hi, fantastic. And Kelly. I'm fabulous. <laughs> and of course, the boys are back, and if you can hear a bit of energy tonight pete are you happy with that <laughs> it's because here it's right in the morning so i've got an unusual amount of pep in my step what do you reckon <laughs> yeah yeah no, he's 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 traded our energy for his <laughs> now it's like yeah, he's, he hasn't kicked any puppies yet so we're, we're uh, good no no he's he's like well i'm finally good this is great full energy and pep and uh, how about you guys <laughs> <laughs> no um Yes, as IQ and my insomnia, I'm going to force three other people into a life of <laughs> being up too late. Uh, you, um, know, you know what? If you, you put in enough time, sir, yeah. as, as the guy who has to be up at crazy hours over uh, these years, that it's only fair that we take on that burden from you, sir. Now, now just before we get into this footage, I do no have... Fun. I do have something that I want to share with everybody. Um, and that is, uh, yesterday I got a mysterious little package through the post mm. from San Antonio, Texas. Any of you guys get anything like this? Because um, no. I opened it up and I thought, what's this, a, a, a comp maybe? It maybe looks like this. This is usually the sort of package that my wrestling just come in. Mm. Same handwriting. Um, so you've got an idea of who sent me this. Um, right. And I, I opened it up, and there was a like it's a cardboard like a cardboard thing, and then I opened it up, and there's like these various different scraps of paper uh, in here, um, and one of the scraps of paper has got various different signatures on it. Uh, one of them signed by Ted DiBiase, oh. April the twenty, April the twenty fifth, nineteen eighty seven. Um, okay. And then some of the other uh, um, signatures on here. S. Jack. Now, who's that? Savannah I'm guessing, Jack. Savannah. Was he in Mid South oh, in '87? Yes. Oh yes. Um, and then Chew, Chew something. Um, and then I've got like a newspaper clipping. Steamboat versus Jake the Snake. 
from the Veterans Memorial Coliseum, Wednesday, July the 23rd. And there are all sorts of different things. Freeman, Joe Freeman Coliseum, March the 4th, Universal Wrestling, Bill Watts Presents. This is some pretty cool stuff for you. George got. Freeman is, uh, no one ever calls it George Freeman. They just call it Freeman Coliseum. It's the, uh, it's the old, where the uh, Southwest Championship Wrestling, UWF ran, ran that uh, building. It's also now uh, where the big giant San Antonio uh, uh, building is. This place is like right next door to it, and like all run down and cor- corrupted. I, I got a stub yeah. here for uh, superstars of wrestling, World Wrestling Federation from the Vets Memorial Coliseum in Phoenix, Arizona, date mm. to July the twenty third, nineteen eighty six. And then, and then I've got scrawled in clear young boy's handwriting. Um, <laughs> they've written down, they've written down the various different uh, people who are on this card: Savannah Jack versus Mike Boyd. DBRC versus OMG, World Title one Man Gang. That's one man yeah. gang. Guerrero and Missing Link versus the Fabulous Freebirds. Uh, Adams and Taylor versus Gilbert and King Parsons. A five, uh, a fifty thousand dollar bunkhouse brawl. Oh, that was pretty cool. Uh, nice Iceman, Iceman Parsons versus who's this? Bill Irwin, I think. Bill Irwin yes. versus Gary Young. Sam Houston versus the Angel of Death. I mean. And the Ninja versus Steve Cox. So it was quite a cool thing to receive through the post. So I, th- I thought I'd share that so the listeners know what a nice guy uh, uh, Will is. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so shall we know, get... you, you do know that he's just like moving all of his shit everywhere. Oh, yeah, I mean, I know. <laughs> These are my prize clippings. Don't lose them. I'll need them back after the... You know. I'm trying to put him over. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you, like, you get a box, I have a room full of uh, other stuff. <laughs> well, I, I might be... Uh, I, might, I, don't... I sleep on my couch now because I don't have room in my bed. <laughs> The man of 10,000 discs became the man of 50,000 discs, right? Or whatever it was. Uh, Kelly, why explain what we're doing tonight? Uh, well, we're kind of going back in time a little bit. Uh, we're back to September 18th, 1982. And this is a Philly Spectrum show. A complete card. It's been a long time since we've done one of these. Uh, it popped up uh, recently, and... Uh, well, also, um, because Cal Rudman's leaving us as, as the commentator of Philadelphia, uh, this is one of his last cards, his second last, the penultimate uh, Cal Rudman uh, show at uh, the Spectrum. So that's a treat, too. We should mention, if anybody out there has the October show, send it yeah. our way. Yes. It's, yes. That's, cur- that's currently a holy grail. Yeah. A holy grail that we know, that we know exists. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's out there. Yeah, please. The October sixteenth, nineteen eighty-two, uh, Philly Spectrum show is is wanted desperately by us. If only we had a network that uh, would put an old school wrestling up. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're gonna. End. Uh, <laughs> dear Vince. <laughs> <laughs> um, he probably uh, he dubbed it over. With a uh, time traveling Vince. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. That, 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 see, that would that would be the worst. You know, Vince. You know, maybe he, he gets this letter from these spunky podcasters, and he goes, "Oh, I have a fond memory of that, that era. Oh hell, who gives a shit? 
They'll send it to them, and it's the dubbed one. <laughs> no. Lord Al Hayes. <laughs> so um, let's get into this card then. And we're going to try to be super efficient tonight to try to get shorter shows to, uh, by popular demand. Yes. So, you know, our, I mean, our options are to keep everybody happy or to keep uh, Judy Bagwell happy. Like going like five hours. <laughs> no, no, he wants eight or nine hours. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. We have, we have little dicks, yeah, because it's all about dick size, you know. <laughs> the length of the podcast with this dude. He's like, yeah, you're three. Hours. I like nine hour podcasts. Like, oh, yeah. Well, I I think Judy is a punk anyway. Judy is a punk. <laughs> I love I love that Ramon song. Yeah. Um. Okay, uh, so the, what the first just before the the first match here, anybody else noticed Super Eight hundred percent sitting at ringside? Yes. He was there, large in full effect, <laughs> um, still live and kicking in September eighty two. I didn't notice yep. that until far later, actually. But yeah, um, and of course uh, we this is a full Philly card, so there's going to be a um, all the undercard matches do, and the first match. Is Sal Balomo taking on Swede Hansen? Um, Gary Michael Capetta gives us the full intro. Mm-hmm. And um, did you notice it was exactly the same script as Joe McHugh? You know, the J.J. Benz chairman and uh, Phil Zacco got, got a shout out. And he even did like an I'm Gary Michael Capetta. So what do you think of Capetta versus McHugh there on the. Uh... I think McHugh does it better, do you? Oh, I do. Yeah. McHugh just has like a, he's more salty, more I don't know, like Petters, like you just want to slap him for some reason. Well, of course, <laughs> he, look at him here. He looks so nerdy that even someone who would never pick on a nerd would go, "Oh fuck, <laughs> that hair is the worst haircut of all time." <laughs> so um yeah and the, the, the only other thing uh, to mention before handing over to pete here is that uh sal baloma seemed pretty over by the reaction and um i did enjoy uh, dick's line um, as we were coming into the match he's in tough city tonight <laughs> that was uh, that was dick all night long wasn't it he kept on like talking about different cities so we'll get more onto that in a bit so Pete, and, 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 and bearing the action a lot too, but <laughs> um, yeah. Cal, uh, that's probably why they got rid of one of them. Um, oh, no. <laughs> God, this match was terrible. Um, what a shitty way to start a card. One, I mean, it might have been like my worst opener I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, negative <laughs> two, negative two stars. Same way, um, Pete. Yeah, Same way, and negative two stars. I mean, yeah. They accuse the South of walking and talking. Give me a freaking break. This was terrible. The high spot was Belomo's cartwheel, and it goes down from there. Terrible, bad, shitty wrestling. It was an opener. <laughs> uh, you want to poke your eye out. It's like It makes you want to leave the card right now, how bad that's, that thing's stunk up the joint. Johnny, uh... You were probably at this show in uh, 1982, weren't you? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. How did I, you I wish. I wish. Believe me, I wish. But, uh, um, yes, I'm not going to say this is a great match at all, but holy shit, calm down. You know, like, I'd leave. No, you wouldn't, because you expect bull- this awful bullshit to begin. Yeah, ugh. 
He calls him Sal Baloney. He called him Sal Baloney. Yeah, is that an insult? Like, <laughs> just Sweet Hansen lumbering around. I mean, yeah, the match is terrible. <laughs> but my favorite line, then we'll leave it at that, is, well, he's using his Italian brain power. Yeah, I've written that down. Yeah. And uh, did you, do you see that Cal was actually claiming credit for the? He was like, "Oh, I was t- we were talking about that before." And I yeah, said, yeah, "Hit him with a drop kick." Cal was trying to claim credit for a drop kick during the I was, during I told the match. Him earlier, you know, you need to do the drop kick. <laughs> but uh, they were, he was doing some kind of wonky leg work on the Swede, and uh, he says, "Well, that's how they wrestle in Europe." It's all legs. It's all about mm-hmm. legs. That's yeah, that's how they do it in Europe, not here. And that's why he's different. <laughs> yeah. But Baloma was getting some cheers. You know, there were people who yeah. were behind him. But yeah, he's he's awful. And, and sweet stinks. God, he looks like a jobber too. That's the thing I don't get. Like, why were they pushing him? But like, like he literally looks like a jobber. Yeah, so. you, you'd think if they're like, okay, we're gonna have an Italian. Uh, guy, you know, who's, he's with this plucky immigrant thing. You, you maybe get someone that looks like Stallone. <laughs> this guy. Kenny, did you enjoy this match anymore? Uh, oh, yeah, well, a lot more than you guys. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't good, but I've seen way, way worse. You've seen uh, I mean, oh, really? Oh, that uh, we've gone through over the years. Uh, Oh yeah, come on! This run at the Cap Center in '83, par for, that we watched for the first yeah. Mystery Titans Theater. Okay, I, this okay. was to be fair, this would have been the best match on that card. Uh, but as an opener, it was this not the worst opener? Right. So yeah, no, this wasn't a good match, but I mean, we've seen way worse um, over the years on Titans. Um, you know, uh, worst opener, uh, maybe I. I don't really recall. I, I don't know. I, I thought my last note for this match is not a bad match at all. So wow. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I hate to say this, Kelly. I'm, I'm with I'm with Pete. Um, the face-off between these two is one of the lamest I've ever seen. Like, near the, you know, they do the, like, the Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior kind of nose-to-nose right. business. Come on. Well, I'm not saying it's a good match. But I'm just I'm I've seen way worse, and I've seen a lot of oh, the stuff totally. from the '70s that you guys uh, gave up on, and I kept watching on my own. Um, there's some crap there. No, I mean, yeah, I, I'm never gonna watch it again. It, it wasn't good, but it's it's hardly the worst that we've ever seen. I think it's the were, worst opener we have. It, there were two hilarious moments. I thought uh, one was when. Carl was going on about the great camera work and the beautiful picture as we got a real close-up of Sweet Hanson's ugly mug. I thought that was really quite funny. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, beautiful picture. And then, um, in fact, I might admit that might be the front cover of today's show. And um, the, the, the other one was uh, right, at the, right after Sal won. Um, the, the, the boy holding his two fingers up in the air as if he was like a little... Uh, Little Sal Belomo Mark. I just thought that was. I thought that was pretty funny as well, just because uh, you know Sal Belomo and this kid was really happy that he won. So, you know, um, 
Let's move on then, uh, because we have a grudge match now between Bob Orton Jr. and Pat Patterson, two of my favourite guys. Mm. Uh, the pride of San Francisco. How did he get on against Bob Orton, Pete? Yeah, I enjoyed this. I'm, I'm surprised they put it on the second match when we still had uh, Jeff yeah. Crane and then the great Charlie Fulton. Uh, the problem <laughs> to be sandwiched between those two shitbirds. Um, but I, I, I like this. Um, I thought Patterson' work was really sm- was on fire, and I liked um, the work on the leg. I liked Orton's selling of the leg real well, and we got a real hate-filled uh, feel to it. But the match was pretty abrupt. It came, the finish kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, still gave it three stars. I mean, the, the guys worked really hard. It was all action. Um, they sold well, and they, they told a story. I just felt like they could have gone longer and uh, had a little bit more of a match. But, man, what, what they gave us was really good. Johnny? Oh, I love this, too. Uh, uh, I love, with some great cal, uh, cal quotes. Uh, he punched him in the nose to the point it's sticking out of his ear. I was like, oh, that's a great call. Um, Orton's selling... Some people call it over dramatic, and I, I I think he's the greatest at it. That I always believe it, and he's doing it here, and he's younger, and making Pat Patterson look like a million bucks uh, at a point where Pat was still great. But let's face it, you know, this is it, and uh, just makes him look amazing. Uh, I, I do like they say that Pat has the body of a twenty-six-year-old. Like, oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> P- pushing it. I know. I'm like, if you're 26 and you have a body like that, you know, <laughs> you're not long to this world. But uh, yeah, this was a, a total blast. I love the thing where Bob uh, does the knee drop, where he forgets that he did it on his hurt knee, and. It sells it, it sells. even more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it sells yeah. it even more. Going like with this this expression, it's like God, I'm an idiot. What was I thinking? And I'm like, little touches like that are why he was. He's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, and this you know, is a lot really, of fun. Really, a lot of fun. He really, he really stands out more on WWF cards because there's so much mediocre wrestling. Because uh, what do you, I like? I've never had a problem with his overselling. Uh, but I'm I mean, neither. But yeah, but somehow. Yeah, his act I always thought got over real well for me anyway. On, on, on like I always thought he was one of the better workers on the card on all WWF cards I've ever seen him on. Usually, usually in the top three because uh, he always puts on a pretty good performance. Never really mails it in. But but you totally think, underrated. Totally underrated. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. Do you guys think maybe they kept the match shorter because Pat's uh, uh, wind isn't there anymore? You know, getting up there, there as much. I think that might be why. Totally. Yeah, well, and the fact yeah, it was maybe. Sec- and the fact it was a second match on the card as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, but I think to Pete's point, this this has to be Pat's last "I'm coming out of retirement" thing because we've seen a lot of them. Mm, no, he has he has yeah, one more. Or he did with Valentine before. Wow. Yeah, did uh, he have a match know, with I, Yeah, he's gonna come back with Ivan Koloff in '83. Doesn't he work Iron Sheik as well during that run? Um, I'm not like, in a not in a program, maybe in a match. No, no, like like in a lead into one of the slot matches or something. He's still like yeah. around, isn't he? In '83, he has an actual feud with Ivan Koloff. Wow. With an angle. Yeah. Wow. 
What did you make of this one, uh, Kenny? Uh, I mean, it's, it was good. Uh, I wouldn't expect anything less from these two guys. Um, the Pat still looks pretty good. I mean, fast-paced beginning with the near fall. The crowd's right into it right off the bat. Uh, Pat's super over as a baby face. Orton was a great heel, great bumper. Um, yeah, great matchup. And, you know, short, though, uh, less than 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, could have got more from these guys. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a good match, very good match. Yeah, yeah, they did this, like, around the horn. I think they had, like, three or four matches. Uh, because for the 80s set, we, I think we nominated one of them because they were all, like, identical. They are all pretty samey. Uh, right. So. I'm not well, sure we looked at, at yeah, we saw somebody. we saw the one from MSG already, and I remember thinking that one was a, a notch or two above this one. Okay, that might be the one we nominated. I can't I, even remember. Yeah, I, I gave this three stars. I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, I like the uh, cough up spit selling from Pat Patterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's weird. That's really effective. Isn't that really effective? Anything? It's, it's like oh, yeah. it is. It's like, how does he get all that? Where's the water come from? It's like <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> it's like he's drowning or something. Um, oh, and uh, I, yeah, the great selling of Orton's leg, which you all mentioned, and um, I did like that Orton got a decent heat heat sequence here. Like yeah. so often in these WWF matches, the um, the heels don't get any heat. So I, I enjoyed the fact that Orton got a decent little stretch. You know, of nine minutes, he got, what, like three, four, five minutes of the match, so... Yeah, he got about a good three, four, yeah, exactly. Enough that, like, it was there, you know. Well, one thing I didn't like, though, is the booking another flash pin straight after the last one. Because the Paloma <laughs> match uh, ended in a flash pin, and then we got exactly the same finish on the next match. It's like, come on, Phil Zacco, you must have more ideas than that. Well, so, no, that's a good point, Parv. The finishes at this time... Are, there's a lot to be desired because they're just not yeah, good. We, we, yeah, we got there's some more terrible ones that took so many messes. but like and, you and, know, <laughs> go into the same well like literally in two matches in a row. It's like, well, come on, guys, they talk to each other. You know, it was probably Sal Bal- probably they did, and Sal Balomo didn't understand. Uh, so do you think they got to a yeah? They got to a backstage scuffle about it. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know. It's just like basic. Stuff. My I mean, they did used to talk about stuff like that. Like you know, you you you, you hear stories of like Bill Watts saying, "Well, you know, don't work the leg because <laughs> right. that that happened in the last match type thing." So right, right, but like to, just two like just <laughs> most nondescript blah finishes being argued about by people. Come on, he's the greatest finish guy of all time. It's Pat Patterson. Eventually. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, let's move on to this next stellar match. Pretty jobberific. Charlie Fulton versus Jeff Craney with mm-hmm. Dick Worley as the ref. Oh, fuck him. Worley must have been like, God, what did I What did I do? He drove the short straw that <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, he's Dick Worley. He deserves this. So, Pete, uh, this was quite a long match. So, not just a, you know, what did he make of this? Oh, what it I, was? Well, six minutes. Um... Considering who was involved, it was yeah, it was it was still a terrible match. Um, Craney looked absolutely terrible. That exchange in the corner was like yeah. so physics exposing, terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was bad, and and Fulton looked uh, competent, but Craney was just terrible, and it was just, it was just a train wreck. I give it a dud, dud. <laughs> <laughs> 
Johnny, uh, <laughs> um, oh, when you say Fulton looked confident, at points, you know, I'm picking up on, okay, yeah, Charlie Fulton, he's not great, but he's a professional wrestler. And it seemed that he was very annoyed that, ugh, with this, this just talentless, you know, dude that he's in there with. And that, you know, Charlie Fulton, you know, look, he could make a living jobbing around the territories if he wanted to, you know. So he's like, ugh, with this guy. But uh, some great uh, callisms. Uh, he's talking about Charlie Fulton. He's like, don't know how cold he is. Like, I call him Mr. Personality. Like, <laughs> you're, you're doing your best. Your best to try to sell this match, uh, but then he also mentions he's away from the ring, the nicest guy in the world, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nicest guy in the world. Uh, then while they're doing some sort of quote unquote amateur wrestling or whatever, he says, <laughs> "Any <laughs> any high school or college wrestlers could learn a lot by watching this match." <laughs> And I was like, and, now what not to do? Uh, I don't know. No, what could happen to you if you don't get <laughs> yeah, your exactly. degree? If you don't get your degree in something else, this could happen to you. And, and <laughs> fuck and fuck Dick Worley, and that's the end of that. Kelly, yeah, this was oh, this was embarrassing. Jeff Craney is, I think, officially the, the jobberest of the jobbers after this performance. His offense at the end there in that corner spot was, I just, ugh, it shouldn't even have made air that this match. Uh, is so, he worse than Mac Rivera? I, yeah. Mac Rivera's, oh, and like, well, Mac Rivera looked really bad in that cap center match. but Green, green like, cap Mac Rivera, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Green Mac Rivera was bad. No, this this was worse than Green Mac Rivera. Um, some of the graphics were hilarious. Uh, Charlie Fulton was Charles Fulton. And, and <laughs> <laughs> he's working a, a royal royalty gimmick or something. <laughs> and and Jeff Craney was Jeff Creamy. Did you notice that? <laughs> That had to be a rib. That had to be a rib. <laughs> Jeff Craney. One of the things that nobody mentioned, I, I enjoyed Cal's burial of Craney on this match. He was like, oh, he's, yeah. Got, yeah. He's, got, he's got nothing, Craney, nothing. And then, uh, yeah. and then later on he said, Craney has nothing. He better do some bench presses. He's just a punching bag here. He's, out of, he, he's out of his league here. It's... <laughs> Uh, no. but the thing is he's like instead of being like oh this poor kid is out of his league you know who did this to him he's like fuck this kid he's out of his league what was he thinking Total he's got, got nothing he's got nothing he's got nothing That's, that is so Philadelphia um, yeah. can I and I, I did mark for a near fall in this match didn't I, none of you mentioned this either at one point, Fulton hits a backbreaker, and I was like, oh, that's got to be all she wrote. And again, Craney kicks out. I was like, holy shit. What well, the hell? Yeah, I, I think that Fulton legitimately looked like, 
what oh, what the fuck is wrong with and, then, and then we got like the worst comeback of all time in it was of all time that that's you know the the first match on the card may not have been the worst opener of all time but that was the worst comeback ever did, uh, did craney make it to the vince union like the kind of hogan years or was he done like i i think he was done this i mean this might have been the end of his career right here you know I know we've seen him before. I did a bio on him. I know that. But I don't think he lasted much longer, and for good reason. Man. Okay, well, let's, let's move. I'm, I'm, I think it's one of the worst matches we've ever seen. Um, and I think Craney turns in one of the worst performances of any wrestler I've ever seen. Yeah. So there we go. Um, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I love this. But... I mean, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun watching it. But just, it's, I mean, it's just... Absolutely a bit like, you're right, Kelly, you shouldn't have made air, you know, so um, let's move on because we have an Australian, we have an Australian style tag team match now. Australian, Australian rules. Um, and, and it's uh, Johnny Rods with his long term tag team partner, Jose Estrada, who's absolutely stacked in his uh, in his kind of. Uh, in his, I don't know what you what do you call that, like a body warmer or whatever. But he looked really. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was like a, like a I thought it was like a lycra. I thought it was like a the sort of thing, like a I don't know. Like I don't think ro- lycra was around back then. <laughs> like a like a rower would wear or something. But I don't know. He looked he looked pretty yeah, stuck. That's, that's what he was doing. And, um, <laughs> and they're up against uh, the dream team of Tony Garea and the Rookie of the Year. Steve Travis. He bet your ass. Yeah. And um, holy shit, before we get into this, Cal Rudman has got a thing for Gurria. I'm guessing most of your notes are about this, Kelly, so maybe, um, Johnny, so maybe we, we can park that thought for a second. Um, th- the other thing that I wanted to talk about is that uh, this seems pretty late on for Travis. Like, I was like, oh, he's still knocking around in September. And um, I did have a little look, Kelly, to see what he, what Travis got up to after this point, and he would be gone in a month. Um, so is that when he had his accident? Like, uh, uh, I want to say it was another, or was a couple of years after this when he was down south working. Because he he wouldn't wrestle again for the WWF until October of '84 in a job to Rene Goulet, believe it or not. So that's that's the next time he crops up on WWF. And it wasn't on TV, it was just at a live event. And then um, in 83, he's got a couple of matches for Crockett. And then in 84, he's got a couple of random matches around Cleveland and Baltimore. And literally, that's it for his career. So even before he has the accident, he was kind of done, you know? Yeah, that's strange, because he wasn't that bad. He was a decent wrestler. Yeah, just just an interesting little thing, like the the rookie of the year. Um, Mm. You know, difficult second album for Travis. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but but the description of that could be like a better uh, sequel to the wrestler with Mickey Rourke because that story sounds even more interesting. Well, I, I mean, I know he had pretty hard uh, drug drug problems, Travis. Um, yeah. So yeah. You know. uh, what I'm saying is because in this match, so I'm like, this is Steve Travis. He's, he's good. He was really good in this match. Well, let's let's get on to the match, Pete. What did you make of this one? I was pleasantly surprised. Um, 
I, I, I thought it went a little too long considering who all was all wrestling. Uh, but I want to say Johnny Rods was absolutely incredible in this match um, yep. with his stooging and his bumping and how he's putting over all the offense of the guys. My, my one problem was I just didn't think there was a, like a cohesive story going on, but I thought all the performances were really well done. I just didn't think uh, the psychology of the match was tremendous or anything, but I thought I thought they all worked hard. Um, they had a good match. It just seemed like it was it was all action and and a lot of great stooging and bumping from uh, Johnny Rods and and and, and and facials and I mean it was like he was like he was like channeled the Midnight Express almost and um, uh, but and they just didn't have like a, a really great great layout or anything. It just seemed like hey it's my turn okay now my turn to get heat okay, it's our turn to make a comeback. It just didn't seem like it uh, It flowed, had ebbs and flows to it. But uh, overall, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and, I, yeah, and Johnny Roz, I thought, was fabulously, really incredible. Uh, I thought Travis had some nice arm work in the match. And uh, and then they get a, get some heat on Travis. And this was what happened. It was just, seemed like it was like, boom, back and forth, back and forth and stiff stuff. Um Korea uh, got a really got got really got a nice strong shine sequence, um, uh, and uh, I loved how Korea at the beginning of the second fall uh, drop kicks like Estrada uh, picking up rods and holding them up, and Korea yeah. just says, oh, "Fuck it, drop kick," <laughs> and uh, and that was both of them. Um, overall, man, really, I mean, for what on paper you're like, okay, this is gonna be just suck, uh, dude, but I mean. For two and three falls, the guys went over probably about 20-something minutes uh, and uh, uh, a little over 20 minutes. I gave it two and three-fourths. Um, and uh, But Rods, man, he I mean, I think he might uh, has a chance to be a performer of the night. Yeah. Well, uh, Johnny, what did you think? I, I think that I agree that uh, Tony has a great profile, <laughs> a profile on him. Uh, I love this match. Blew me away, given that how good it was and how much time it was given. Uh, at this point, I was like, what backstage went on that said, okay, you guys go out there and they just say, you know what? Let's show them what we could do. You know? Mm. And, uh,. It, it was like, like they were insulted by the job squad of Craney and Fulton. <laughs> yeah. I just want to show them, hey, not all jobs. There you go. Dude, that's Pete. That, that's the best theory. Because I, I, I couldn't think of anything. That's, well, I, that's good. I, I want to say it's kind of they, unusual. They killed it. This match was you know, yeah, not the greatest ever, but with who's involved at the points in their, in their careers, this kicked ass. Yeah. It was great. I, I I can't remember too many times when we've seen like usually the only tag match on the card is the is like the tag title match. Like this is just like a random tag match in the middle. How many times have we even seen that in all the times that we've been watching Titans? Once. Because James probably cut it uh, off the footage. Cause oh, well, you think that. you think we just haven't like been given all these? Because uh, really, I I mean, it seems kind of unprecedented to me. Like the the idea of rods in a twenty minute plus match. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's not a whole lot of those floating around. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. you'd want to I mean, 
bottom line, they're they're underneath for a reason, uh, and that's what I mean. They, they're underneath there because they don't see them as money makers. So uh, even though I saw a lot of potential, I thought Rods uh, here easily could have. Uh, I mean, he he showed me more than Mr. Fuji has. Uh, I think he'd make a better tag partner with uh, Saito than Fuji. Whoa, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but uh, how about, how about that, that, that bit? Hold on, hold on. How about that bit uh, where Rods is on the outside and some, like, and towards the end of the match, and some little kid uh, right at, at ringside, like, slaps him and tries to like, give him, like, the high five, like, I'm behind you, and he swats him. It's it's real quick. He doesn't really hit him, but he gives him a little swat like, don't you ever be cheering me. I'm not to be cheered here. <laughs> this, it was such a cool moment, and the kid looked scared <laughs> after, yeah, he's like, find the shot of after Johnny Rod's like, back of his hand goes at the kid. He just looks terrified over this. It's amazing. Well, one of the little uh, stories that we haven't talked about is, uh, I mean, you, you alluded to it, Johnny, was uh, Dick and Cal's, like, complete man love for Gurria and Travis during this. Mm, oh, yeah. Um, they, I mean, they, they really put over how good-looking both the two guys are. Tattoos, and, uh, t- t- tattoos are sexy. And yes. Cal was like, you know, imagine going, imagine those two going out, and Dick yeah, did, was like... Did, did Cal say something like taking their... Shirt? You, you, you guys think these are handsome? Wait till you, you just see them with their shirts off or something? Yeah, and like D- D- Dick has got this really sleazy line where he says, of course, the women have got other things on their mind. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then it's like, um, the, the profile line, uh, Johnny, he said, how can a guy with a profile like that be in such good shape? And then he says, almost whimsically, they have so much and we have so little. And now, I, know, I remember that, where they completely prostrate themselves, or he prostrates them in front of them. They are our gods, and we should bow down to them. But honestly, this is one of the only matches on this card where all my notes aren't Cal quotes and stuff about the match I thought the match was actually good. He, he was almost like honestly, Cal was almost coming at one point. Like he was really kind of like he had so much and we have so little. And then there was a moment where there was a moment where he, Cal was so into the match at one point because um, he really got into it towards the end. He was actively angry at Travis for not intervening in. He was like, look at him just standing there. That's What's wrong with him? That's why, like, it, that's why, as Jim Ross says, they wear the dark pants. <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty, like, I that, that was like Cal as David Crockett or something like that. So, <laughs> well, Kelly, what did you make of this one? Yeah, I love this too. Um, you know, I love those matches that come out of nowhere where you, you're not really expecting too much going into it. But um, this one blew me away totally. Um, it's it's the best Johnny Rods match I've ever seen. So I've been on that quest for about two years now. Uh, I have a thread at PWO where I, I go through Johnny Rods matches. And before this, the clubhouse leader was a match between Rods and S.D. Jones from MSG. And yeah, I mean, this isn't a singles match. But anyway, this yeah, this was this was really good. And Rods and Estrada 
are not just a thrown together team. Um, yeah, no, no, they were the Super Medicos. Um, Estrada was one half of the Conquistadors, that's correct, but it, the other Luis half was... Luis Rivera, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, Jose Luis Rivera. Um, but in Puerto Rico, Rods and Estrada teamed under masks as the Super Medicos and worked there in the early 80s. They worked a lot together um, in the WWF as well. We just haven't seen them um, much. I, I, maybe this is the first time we've seen them team. Um but anyway, yeah, they teamed a lot in Puerto Rico, so they were, a, you know, a seasoned team. They were a polished team, and and you could see that in this match. They were really good. Um, Estrada was wow. He, I I was even more impressed with Estrada than Rods. I think um, this is the best we've seen of Estrada by far. Oh, oh, completely. I he, he was blowing me away. His, char- yeah. his character, his character work. You don't expect that from a like. He was no. pretty. Uh, I enjoyed a lot of that stuff that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Estrada was so nondescript usually when we saw him. Uh, Rods, you know, this was really, yeah, like Pete said, this was really good uh, Rods, too. And um, and Gurria and Travis were great, too. Um, everybody was great in this. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I really liked it. Yeah, I mean, Pete makes some good points about the psychology. It's true that there wasn't, like, a real overarching story going on, but it's just, you know, I love two out of three falls matches. I'm a mark for those. And so this this really delivered. And Cal, yeah, he was mm-hmm. on fire. You know, him and Dick, and it comes up later when Cal's talking to Pat Patterson, how he really lives for, like, the, the workers that are, you know, take it seriously and that put in a good performance. And, you know, they have to put up with a lot of shit in the undercard. And then when they get a good match, they're really... Uh, happy so this this was this really made them <laughs> excited um cal yeah like our, that cal was just livid with travis at the yeah. end that he didn't come to break up. so angry wasn't he because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was so into it like he got so in match got uh by the end he was he was he was you know he was basically cheering for of course korea and Travis to win, and I I totally assumed they would. I I'd, I would have never thought that Rods and Estrada were going to win this match, and oh. and cleanly too. That was a total shocking finish to me. Can you can you guys imagine if Cal called like a rock and roll express match with all the girls? Doing <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd be able to handle. I don't think I don't, I don't, oh, think, Cal, I don't think Cal would make it to the end of a Crockett card. He'd be dead yeah. probably. Like yeah, 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 excitement. <laughs> Turn the rock and roll. I, the whole arena smells like pussy. <laughs> Can you imagine him calling a Ricky Steamboat match or something? I think he'd just be. Uh... Yeah. Oh, look at him. Made <laughs> um, it. Yeah. I mean, like, I thought Pete was a bit stingy on that rate. I, I, I was a whole star above you there, Pete. Three and th- three and three quarters. It's got to be Rod's career, you know. It's like. On- Tape, it is. I want to say it's one of the better Gurria matches we've seen as well. And Gurria was on. Gurria, I mean, you guys didn't mention it much. I thought he had put in a great performance. Um, Totally. I mean, like you said, Kelly, all four guys turning, like, really putting in a shift here. It was almost like they were up for the like the Phil Zacco uh, bonus award I mean, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe maybe he was introducing like a Kip Fry thing um, yeah. Yeah, uh, hey Kip Fry ripped me off I'm Phil <laughs> Zacco and I invented that 
Estrada <laughs> um, and Rods, uh, like you said, Kelly, look like a pretty well-oiled team. And I, they really did look like a good unit. I love the face and power sequence on Travis um, in the first four. Um, I loved Rods' little punches in the corner. Um, I thought Rods was a great heel in peril um, during the second four. Great performance from him in, in general. Like He did everything really well. And uh, this was the first match that I really thought, I get it. I get why Rods is like that locker room leader. I get why he has so much respect because he's right. he's good. Like he's a good worker. That's yeah. what that, that's what this match left me feeling. Yeah. And um, honestly, I thought this is a little bit of a hidden gem. And uh, I'm uh, I'm a little I'm disappointed that um, Pete isn't going to push to put it on the old uh, WWF DVD set because I, I, might, I might save it as a personal pick type thing though. Yeah, and well, I'd, I'd be interested to see what I you think guys... I think, I think it's, it's definitely an interesting match because it's such a, uh, I mean, no offense to, to these guys, but I mean, no one would, would you know, see it coming a mile away. I'd, yeah. I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to put, I'd love to put it on there just to see what everybody else makes of it. Um, and also just to, just so a guy like Rods is represented in 150 matches. Do you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. such a WWF guy and, I can't yeah. think of a single other match that would even come close to being nominated, even. No, so, no, no. Um, yeah, no. That's that's one to track down if you can find this card and uh, and and, and gets Gurria in there too. And again, well, you see, I think Gurria has been nominated with Martel. Oh, has he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is uh, devious torture, right, Pete? Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. I wasn't sure. Though. And the Moon Dog, yeah, I know I've pushed them on mm-hmm. a few. Yeah, they had a really good match yeah. with the Moon Dog. Oh, yeah. But you know, I've just only been nominated. A, a guy, a guy like Rods, who's like so part of the fabric of the company. Anyway, let's uh, let's get on uh, because it's uh, Superfly Jimmy Snooker now taking on the champion Bob Backlund, and um, the the fans really love Jimmy Snooker in Philadelphia. Uh, yeah. And I, I think it was Cal, or maybe it was Dick, who said maybe this is the era of the anti-hero, which I yeah. thought was yep. Yep. quite a line to come out with. Um, sounds like something Cal would say, so I'm probably attributed to Cal. Yeah, uh, 14 years too early, but yeah. but I, uh, It was just weird uh, during that in 1982, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, mm, yeah but that... that, that that zeitgeist was was bubbling at that time. Well, yeah. certainly in Philly, I can see why you'd think that. And in Philly, and Snooker was the guy that had that. So, uh, SD Jones is the special guest <laughs> rep, and uh, so bring in bring in the star power. And uh, <laughs> Backlund was audibly booed here, and Dick has no choice but to acknowledge him. So, yeah. uh, Pete, what did you make of this match? Yeah, I, I thought it was funny that Backlund gets seen at, uh, here in Philly, and uh, uh, I was um, like, "Why do you have SD Jones as a special ref?" Because like uh, most special refs are like are larger than life characters who are there to lay down the law, like like Gorilla Monsoon uh, when we saw him, when we saw the Patera mm-hmm. Backlund. They're usually you know. Uh, but both these guys would pin uh, S.T. Jones if they were wrestling him. <laughs> so, uh, uh, we know he'd be doing the job for them, uh, so I don't understand why he's special referee. Uh, uh, well, let me, let, me, let me just offer a, a, a reason is that 
it gives it an aura of, ooh, there's a special referee, but not someone who's going to steal any attention. And he was billed from Philadelphia at the time, so they'll throw a little of that shine under that, because especially of the style of match that they chose to do. And in fact, they had a special referee, and maybe I missed it, but there really wasn't any like incredible special referee spot for him. No, not so at all. Pretty much just, just a generic no. referee. Uh, so it's just like okay. I I, 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 think, I think probably the explanation is a lot more mundane. Just just a payday for him, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I uh, mm. thought this match was actually bad. Uh, thought it was really boring. Uh, I thought these guys. I thought maybe Bob because he got booed was like okay. I'm gonna take you down, and pull face down, and I'm gonna make you. St- uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna bore you to death until you start cheering me. And I felt this thing was actively boring as hell. Uh, watching these guys exchange slow motion holds was terrible. Even here, the, I mean, the bottom line is Cal and Dick are burying this match by talking how slow the pace is. And, you know, there might not be a whole lot of action going on right now, but uh, I mean, it was. <laughs> just bad i probably in a star and a half um really boring uh enough i mean mediocre arm work mediocre this everything was like half-hearted snooker is not a guy who should be exchanging holds um it was just yeah it was just a match to make didn't do either of these guys any favors well how long did Snooker work that hammerlock for? I, I, I've, I've written a long series of Zs or, or Zs, if you <laughs> fell say. Like. Uh, yeah, that's what I was watching before when I fell asleep at the monitor. No. <laughs> it felt forever, though. And the big, hammer, I mean, the big hammerlock spot, when they, they tried to make that mean something, it was terrible. Johnny? Um, uh, Philly loves Snuka, hates Bob, but here's the thing about why this terrible match, uh, was worked this way, was this was immediately before the Snuka babyface turn that we talked about the previous show, that's all this was about. Well, so he's just we're going to work a technical match. Please. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. this is. That's what this is. All storytelling, nothing about the quality of the match. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, Superfly. They're not cheering you because they like you. They're cheering you because you fly from the top rope. That, that's uh, why I'm saying. Then, right, like, right, but but he as, it, as in, if he, if he'd always worked doing hammerlocks, they wouldn't cheer him, would they? No, well, no, it's a different way. Of, no, I think it's, it's different. They were like going suddenly the crazy savage, who's been a crazy savage, is now being honorable and doing arm bars, you know, <laughs> because that's what you did as a good mm-hmm. guy. That's what this was selling, and they shook hands at the fucking end. That's all this was about. Uh, that's uh, that's all the stuff. The match itself, of course, terrible. But I, I get the story they were telling, and uh, boy, the shit they had to talk about during this. Um, uh, they announced, I guess, the curfew was gonna be lifted, and uh, they're going on. Wow, well, that curfew was the cause of a lot of marriages being ruined, and uh, <laughs> fucking. Uh, uh, well, these boobs, these booze for Bob are just a result of people really respecting 
the athleticism of snooker. They don't want to boo him, but they have no choice to... <laughs> just the worst explanation. Uh, then I saw Super 8. Uh, but yeah, the, the, there's not a lot of action, but look, everyone is staring at the ring. <laughs> that's the most political thing you've ever heard. <laughs> it was just... Uh, I love what they were doing. You know, is manipulating the crowd and all that stuff from a match quality, of course, is terrible, but I love the story they told. Kelly? Yeah, you know, Johnny's right that, yeah, this was worked in like the scientific match uh, style where. Your, yes, your least favorite, of course. Yeah, it, no, yeah. I mean, it, it got really, really dull um, working the holds that just never ended. And ironically, Cal brings up guys like Jim Londos at one point during this match. I mean, and, man, did, did Cal bring the history on this? Because oh, yeah. I've got yeah, loads of it. totally. Demon yeah. Network, Argentina, Rocker. Yeah, Rocker. Yeah, Joe, no, Cal was... Cal Joe was Stetcher, he mentioned. I had to look him yeah. up. Yeah. Basically, uh, he was going through all the guys that I talked about on my uh, first At The Garden show. Orville uh, Brown, and, and, and then Dick just says, my mom and dad's era because <laughs> uh, it, it even like guys who were from so long ago that even Dick can't remember them so yeah no Cal was he, had to, he had to fill time somehow well, you can tell he was a fan though I mean that's oh, that some is. knowledge yeah yeah Sean Mooney couldn't do that <laughs> nobody could fuck <laughs> no, no. That, was, that was impressive knowledge um, no, but yeah, that's I, him, no, that's him going. And you know what? Fuck you, Gordon Soli. I'm Cal Goddamn Runman, and I know <laughs> wrestling too. Yeah, it was even. It sounded almost like uh, on the Flair po- the Jericho podcast with Flair. Flair was like way talking over Jericho's head on on some people because you could tell Jericho had no idea what type of worker they were or who in the fuck they were, and it was kind of funny. Yeah. Before he dies, I I keep on saying this, before he dies, somebody needs to sit down with Terry Funk and really go through the history of of that era of guys, because he's one of the few, like, there aren't that many guys around who know, and I reckon that once they're gone, they're gone. You know know what I mean? It's like, your internet databases and stuff aren't going to have some of the stuff that, that the guys can remember. And mm-hmm. Terry Funk is one guy who knows and can still remember. So I'm just saying that, like, somebody needs to sit down with, with him and go through it. Like, it would be great if Flair could uh, bury the hatchet with his podcast uh, people and just, I don't know. I We'd all listen, I reckon, to just Flair and Funk talking for, like, ten weeks. That's, that's all it is, is just right. them every single week. But... I'm just did saying. You hear, did you hear the flare pod with uh, Jericho? No, I haven't yet. I haven't yet. Yeah, yeah, I mean they were talking St. Louis and they were talking it's Wild Bill Longston and and you could tell Jericho was way out of his depth on this one. And then, uh, uh, but, was, but they had, but they also had a like, great Bob Brown uh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not saying uh, yeah, but because yeah. Jericho worked with Brown, but he, he, yeah, yeah, he knew, he knew Jericho Brown. didn't know the real deep history of a lot of the territory. I, I, huh. I'm I'm not a fan of Jericho ever since the last uh, interview they did where he was like, oh. Oh, yeah, that was like me in 2006. I was like, come on, Jericho. Well, well, honestly, though, if you listen to this, he, he shows a lot more knowledge than not. Uh, this. What's really funny, though, is I never heard the Flair Midgets story. That was and hilarious. I was in, in 
tears. So they just, I think they're taking him off TV uh, now. So maybe he'll can get back to doing a podcast. What's, um, mm-hmm. what is your, uh, did, did, did you dislike this match as much as everybody else? Uh, Kelly? Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it it was super boring. Um, when the crowd, or when they did pan to the crowd and you saw Super 8, he was actually, it looked like he was sleeping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if it doesn't please it, Super it, 8. It was, it was Pete. <laughs> <laughs> um, time travel yeah. yeah it was all i mean because at this point they'd already and they had referenced the buddy rogers show or buddy rogers corner so yeah. that was just right or right that was going to happen like the next week so this match was you know snook was already going to be a baby face it had been booked probably months in advance maybe when they weren't sure what was going on so they kind of had to just go through this and, you know, get it done, and then that was it. So it's it's totally worked in the style that just uh, foreshadows Snooka's eventual face turn. And, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like, he's he takes Bob's towel, he shakes hands. And the, you know, it's, they're not even pretending that he's a heel anymore. Albano wasn't at ringside uh, with him. So, I, yeah, I, it, it, yeah, I thought this was one of the the least interesting backland matches we've seen. I, I did dig the multiple backbreakers from Snooker. Um, the crowd so unhappy with Bob winning. Uh, like Not just booed, but booed heavily. I'm talking about, like I don't know, Roman Reigns a few months ago or whatever. Level right. boos. And um, then... Did you notice that he he kind of got his heat back a bit? He tr- he shook hands and like was getting a rub off off Snooker. I thought that was quite like d- d- Johnny. How did you read that? Because it, uh, it seemed it seemed like they mellowed on him a bit when when well, they shook well, hands. Well, I think this is probably some of the footage that everyone uh, the the historians or so called historians say uh, Bob's never over never over. We've seen evidence that it's not true in Philly, this happened right at this time, which is right at the end. Anyway, uh, okay, it happened here, and people act like it's happened forever. This is the first time we've really seen it, like, this hardcore. And uh, it's, just, and it's, and it, and it's more for the, they want to cheer for Snooka than it is yeah. any hate for Yeah, it's like, it just happened to be totally. a dynamic heel. He just didn't have... He had plenty yeah. dynamic yeah. heels, but this is a guy who had babyface charisma and Snooker. Yeah, so you had Snooker, and boom, he's exploding. And people are a little tired. Bob's been around for a long time, and it is Philly. And But with this little thing he does at the end, it gets back you know, some heat, like you say. It shows that they weren't really ready to, to just completely abandon the guy. It was just wrong night, wrong opponent, who we're going to get behind. If, if I had to, if I had to make an analogy, I'd say it's almost like taking that bit of uh, WrestleMania eight or whenever, whenever it is, or is it Rumble, Royal Rumble night two when Hogan is getting booed a little bit against Sid and like mm-hmm. saying, "Oh well, yeah. Hogan wasn't over." It's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, come on, yeah. Right? right? There you go. Simple. That's that's a that's a that's yeah. a that's a great yeah. That's a good, um, the, the, great one one other thing I'd say here is that a uh, Cal with a killer one liner. Killer Cal, bringing it. When he said nobody creates pain like Bob Backlund, I swear mm. he's a, he's a poet, Johnny. Uh, nobody creates pain like Bob Backlund. Okay, so 
Um, yeah, I, 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 would, I liked the match a tiny bit more than you guys. I gave it two stars. I mean, it's not saying that much, but uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I was just high on those backbreakers at the end, but uh, yeah, it was pretty boring. Or, or was your residual love of the previous match could be too. <laughs> and it could it could be a bit Rose of previous, glasses, you know, yeah. yeah. I was probably in a good mood after watching the the, the Rod stuff. So, so now we have a uh, Dick with a uh, Sal Balomo who's in a mm. terrible, terrible sparkly jacket, and he says he's from Sicily and Rome. So I don't yeah. know what that, like, <laughs> Sicily and Rome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, he's a pretty large guy, so you know, um, if he had a wife and he's an arm, maybe he'd be in both both places. I didn't think that maybe moved like he moved to the capital before coming over to America or something. But anyway, he he's happy to be in America. He's fighting for his country, but he's also fighting for the American flag. So he's a man of contradiction. He's from Sicily and Rome, and he's fighting for Italy and America. So <laughs> Anything else to say about this? <laughs> I don't think there's anything else to say. <laughs> no, no. He was actually from <laughs> Belgium. Legit. Was, was he? <laughs> yeah. What the wow. you know that? I, I, I always legitimately thought he was from Italy. Bloody yeah. hell. Belgium, He's according Belgium. to the records. Yeah. <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's some... Italian, but he's from Belgium. If people uh, want to see some quite fun um, Sal Balomo stuff, other than the, the notorious TNT where he makes that bloody paper ship um, <laughs> which is the most bizarre bits of TV I've ever seen. Hey. Uh, I, th- I think there's some um, random like Jake the Snake snake pits where um, he does like the uh, the Frank Williams deal, but Sal Balomo is the is the guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're worth they're worth seeking out because uh, you know Sal Balomo's just got no very little charisma. So there we go. Let's see, let's see. It was those beatings, those beatings that eventually turned him into. A wild man. Mm-hmm. That's when I would first read about the original ECW in an occasional magazine and see, like, look at the top ten or whatever. Wild man Sal Balomo. I'm like, oh, I would never watch that show. <laughs> That's a Sal Balomo sucks. <laughs> well, anyway, now we go over to Cal Rudman with Pat Patterson. And I just want to stop right now and say that, um, I just love both of these guys, Cal and Pat. They're both two of my real wrestling heroes. And Pat, Pat especially, I would say over the past few years, has become like a top like three wrestling hero of mine. I just, not just for his work, but just in general, like who he is. Yeah. And he's awesome, isn't he? Yeah, he oh, is. Yeah, you're yeah, absolutely right. He was awesome on Table 3 the other day, a couple weeks yeah, back. Yeah, I, I love that. And uh, isn't his book coming out soon? Yes. I, I mean, I can't wait for that yeah or we go through the Pierre Patterson one first well I mean I'll just put it on my shelf and then listen to you guys tell hey, me I'm now, I'm now, <laughs> hey now I'm now hey now I'm up for, uh, for Bob just won the world title so I'm, I'm catching up to the end well yeah now you're getting into the good stuff uh, yeah really good I, I, I just I just want to say that I just absolutely love Patterson before getting into this because um, I, I can't think of too many guys who were up in that bracket. Maybe Terry Funk would would also be another guy that I have like that kind of respect for, you know. So Flair, yeah, Flair, and, obviously. And Flair, right. Well, I mean, my top three would be them, them three right there, probably. So with, with Ted Bond looking out. Well, I mean, yeah. well, the thing is, well, the thing is, Ted's like my kind of childhood favorite, but he's not like a very inspiring guy. Like he's kind of like 
found, found God, turned his life around. But, but like, if you ever listen to it, like, how can I put it? Like, Ted, Ted's one of those guys who is just like a good worker. Like, he, he'd be one of those guys who is like a real dependable. Like, if he was work, you know, not a wrestler, but just at work, he'd just be like a dependable guy. But he's not going to be a guy who has any ideas or anything, you know? Do, do you know what I mean? Whereas, uh, whereas, uh, obviously, obviously, what's, what he, what he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not an ideas guy. Right. He's, let's he's, talk about this fabulous interview. Anyway, let's get into this um, because uh, Patterson with his great hair, um, and basically Cal asked him, you know, how, how have you been finding stepping into the booth? And uh, Patterson says, well, he struggled at first, but he's happy now with his commentating. And then they start talking about vocabulary, and Pat says. Uh, that uh, you know, he's been a wrestler since the age of seventeen, so he doesn't have a great education, but he's he's trying, you know, and he's he's building up his vocab, and uh, he wants to ask Carl some questions now. So then we get this kind of little interesting little bit where Patterson kind of turns to interview yes. Carl, and um, he asks him like who his favorite wrestler is, and Carl's like, oh, you put me on the spot, and Carl um, says that he loves Bob Backlund, who's truly underestimated in athletics. He's really the best conditioned athlete in all of the sports. And Patterson says that, yes, he's truly an athlete. Um, and then Cal mentions that uh, Muhammad Ali got his rap from watching wrestling. And uh, basically, this whole segment just warmed my heart as I was watching it. I just loved it. And, and it turned into a work rate where, part where uh, Cal goes, if you guys don't work hard, you know, I'll call you out on it. And uh, yeah. I like that, too. Yeah, that was the best part. Did did, uh, did this warm the cockles of your heart, Johnny, the same as it did mine? Oh, yeah. Uh, I especially love the fact that uh, I was watching a Cal interview get taken over by a wrestler and, <laughs> and I was having flashbacks to when our interview got taken over by Cal. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, he knew how it felt once. That was Pat Patterson. <laughs> He'll never let it happen again. <laughs> But yeah, this was yeah, this is fan- just fantastic. And uh, I, I had the same exact note. Uh, I don't like guys who don't work hard. You can tell by my commentary. You know, he says it right, and Pat's like, "Yep, I'm, I'm with you." You know, the fantastic. Uh, yeah, just just, just just loved it. Um, and I'm gonna be. I mean, we Cal's. I'm sad the can is going off the commentary, but at least we're going to get the interviews. So we've got that to come. Yes, that's true. So anyway, yeah, they're, uh, they're excellent in their own in their own way too. You know, his man yeah. dresses are incredible. Yes, well, absolutely. Yeah, um, but uh, the fact that he kind of he's like, yeah, I give no fucks. You know, I'm Cal Rubman. This is Philadelphia. I can say whatever the fuck I want. I, and put over the guys that I think are the best guys. Yeah, he had no different. He didn't differentiate between heel or face. If he liked them, didn't matter. He put them over if it was a heel or a face. I thought there was an element of work shoot about this whole little, uh, like just a little bit of, uh, oh, you know, totally. tiny, tiny bit of work shoot in there. I thought. Well, I thought he was burying guys like the Baron, probably Dom. You remember the the match we watched way back when the the Baron versus Dom match? Yeah. From the spectrum yeah. where Cal was shitting on that, 
you know, during well, the yeah, match. They bury buried uh, Backlund uh, Snook of most of the match. Right, right. But I, when he mentioned the match, the guy says, one of his quotes was something like, they turned the matches into snoozes, or the match became a snooze. <laughs> I, was, I, I was thinking of, of Baron versus Dom. That was like the first match that came to my mind. Was That was... That was a prime example of a, a cow match that he not, thought was a snooze. Not Mr. Snooze himself, Don Rocco. <laughs> no, no, well, that's the thing. Ironically, Cal loves Don Rocco. Loves yeah, he does Don Rocco. Morocco, Barry Windham, Ricky Steamboat, those are his three favorites. Uh, he, he, uh, and, but he loves Piper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Piper he likes, yeah. too. Let's, uh, let's get on, because there's a new feature on the Philadelphia <laughs> yeah. Spectrum. It's the rankings, everybody. The it's like the stand of WCW in 1991. I'm I very, know. very, I very excited. Be, yeah, I knew you'd be super I mean, I, obviously I wrote them all down. Real quick, let me, let me just say, as someone who was watching WWF at this time, I they never did this, ever. This is the only time I've ever seen it. And I was just thinking... WCW in the early 90s? I, I've never seen... <laughs> yeah. Like you just said. Yeah, never. Oh. Uh, well, anyway, let's run down these rankings. They're pretty interesting in their own right. Number 10. It's the <laughs> shithead himself, Chief J. Strongbow. <laughs> hell, hell yeah. <laughs> Number 9, Ivan Putsky. Hmm. Number 8. And uh, uh, do you know what I was loving about that? I can imagine there's some guys sitting at home who's like a big Putsky Mark or a big Strongbow fan from like, <laughs> who's like, who, who, who like turns to his wife. He's like, you know, Martha or Jill or whatever her name is. <laughs> oh, they, oh, they've lost it now. They're slipping down the rankings. You know. <laughs> oh, no, they, oh, no. they used to be on top. Oh, barely oh, no. clinging to the top 10. No, Throwing throw a beer bottle at the TV. <laughs> Number nine! Putsky9! <laughs> um, number eight was Tony Atlas. Uh, number seven, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura. Number six was uh, Adrian Adonis. Interesting that Adonis was above Ventura. Uh, five, Greg Valentine. Um, uh, four, Pedro Morales. I thought that was interesting because in the WCW ranking, the US champ was always number one. Yeah, and the always. after rankings too. Um, the, IC so the, the IC belt was yeah, not as yeah, exonerated. That's, that, that's how you can tell that this isn't, you know, really legitimate. <laughs> it's not official, man. <laughs> well, not uh, number three was uh, Bob Orton Jr. And this was the biggest surprise of all, and the biggest uh, what the fuck moment. Number two, Black Jack Mulligan. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, Andre. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it did make me think, though, really? But then I, I guess he was in a pretty high-profile feud at this point. Yeah. And then number one was uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker. So, what's, what's, uh, well, what's, what's funny about this whole little ranking system, I mean, if you take it serious, they no. announced Buddy Rose as number one contender later in the show. Yeah. <laughs> not, this, uh, not even at the top ten. List. Yeah. Very astute point, Pete. Very astute point. Well, <laughs> Where's Buddy Rose? <laughs> well, speaking well, no, no, of that, I, I, but they don't. The, the list doesn't say who's the number one contender, did it? Yes. Well, yeah. Top ten. Oh, what the hell else would they be? I, I mean, it, 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 it didn't it, explicitly. Don't eaters in the WWF know it's it, the top no, ten. It didn't explicitly say that. So. Well, the thing that's, is, Rose, Rose was just coming. 
was Rose just coming in? Rose was just coming in, so he doesn't quite make the rankings. He needs a big win in his belt. Who the hell's Strongbow's in tags? How the hell is he in the top ten? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Well, let's go over to Buddy Rose now, because he's taking on uh, the, the, the super pig himself, the flying pig, Pedro Morales. And, uh, yes, uh, Pete. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the match. Um, I liked Rose um, giving Pedro a really nice shine to start. Bumped and uh, made Pedro look really good early in the match. And then uh, I really liked Rose's armor because I was really nasty and really focused. Um, I dug early in the match how the wizard's combing uh, Buddy Rose's hair with that <laughs> dollar brush, dollar comb, <laughs> uh, bought at the thrift store. Um, and then Pedro's still attacking him while he's combing it. I thought that was great. Um, and, uh, to, 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 to know, Pete, I got an image of um, uh, the Grand Wizard uh, like buying something at a store. I'd imagine he'd be really tight-fisted and it'd be hard to get the coins out of his hand. And like he'd mm-hmm. he'd hand them over really grudgingly, like the fifty cents or whatever it costs to buy the coins. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 why? Because he's Jewish. I, just can, <laughs> I can just I can just imagine him being a bit like that, you know. No, he's, he's got that wizard. Big man. He's got that face on him. I'd imagine Bla- I'd imagine Blassie would be similar. So. <laughs> no, I don't. Th- th- those were the combs that when I was like in the sixth grade, you know, kids, you know, carried them around in their back pockets to comb their hair. It was at this time. It was like <laughs> the most non. I'm a rich guy thing ever. <laughs> Carry on, uh, Pete. Yeah, and then the, the armor. I thought real well. I thought his uh, heat segment was really well done and well focused. Pedro makes the comeback, and they just book the shit finish because Pedro is the IC champ, and you can't have. And they set up Buddy as facing the heavyweight champion next month here, so he can't lose. Um, Pedro can't lose the title, so he can't do a pinfall. So it's one of those matches where they really shouldn't have booked this match, and they could have done something different uh, because they need to make Buddy a little stronger going into this thing. So. Uh, overall, it was kind of ineffective. But as a match, I thought it was well done. I gave it three stars. But that finish really killed it. Johnny? Um, I, I imagine that, uh, you know, Pedro and Buddy, you know, in the in the locker room, hadn't met before. And uh, <laughs> Buddy, being a professional, goes, okay, so, uh, you know, What's your finish? And he goes, angry explosion. And that's <laughs> it. Oh, okay. Well, that, and that's it. Because this is just the most boring arm twists and Pedro getting beat up, but not excitingly. Well, and, I, see, I totally disagree. I thought the arm work was well focused and they had an uh, edge to it. And then again, I don't think you like people who work body parts. So I know, I I know, I don't. But I didn't think it, any of it looked realistic. It all, wow! It all I, thought, real. I, thought, I thought Buddy's elbows to his, to his but No, the elbows did. I'm talking about those like. I thought him working it over on the uh, arm on the on the ring post. I thought was well done. Okay, but go on. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about like the wrist locks and stuff. I'm like, eh, like. Was but then Pedro's comeback happens, and the yeah, place does go nuts. But Cal goes nuts, you know, like just it's Popeye time, and 
it's crazy. He's busting him. He's busting him, and Dick's going woo woo. It's it's hmm? it's insane. All of a sudden, and uh, the, the the crowd popped for that. Uh, I just I, I just thought the match was kind of boring until the big comeback. Kelly. Yeah, it's it's a typical Morales match um, where he sells and sells and often uh, sits and holds for long periods of time and then busts out the, the fiery comeback that that does redeem things. Because it, it's, I mean, say what you will about Morales, he did have a great comeback. That was, but he was kind of a one-trick pony. That was all I'm, he could have had. I'm not blaming Buddy Rose, believe me. I'm just... Right. Yeah, Pedro. I thought, I thought, I thought Buddy's work on top was interesting. So that's I mean that's just the difference. I mean, yeah, I I, I don't know. It was. It was I, think, okay. I, think, I think those are the differences between Pedro's good matches and bad matches is what the opponent does. Right. Oh, totally. Like, like Morocco, those matches flat out suck because Morocco's yeah. doing nothing. I feel Pedro. Exactly. I mean, I felt Buddy was actually. Yeah, engaging in holds, telling a story by trying to fuck up Morales's arm, which is one of his key opponents, key parts coming on his comeback. So I, I thought there was a lot going on there. But I, yeah, if you didn't see it, that's fine. But uh, oh, I mean, no, <laughs> no, you're right. Buddy was totally making it interesting. He's biting Pedro's fingers, and you know, yeah, it's true. But, but this that's, was definitely... that's what, but that was my thing. I'm like, but uh, it was interesting watching. Buddy Rose, who can be so great, had to be limited just to, like, you're going to get my arm and that's it. Work with that. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying this is a great <laughs> Buddy Rose match. Cause it's no, not, no, uh, yeah. no, no. You know what I'm saying? I'm, this is totally, like, it's it's interesting to watch him do anything he can with, here's what you're going to get. I'll sell for you, but you're just going to figure out how to do an arm bar in interesting ways for a while until oh, yeah, you come back. You know? Yeah, yeah, and and to his credit, he does a great job with it. I was just bored watching him have to work with this lump. Yeah, he is a lump. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of uh, more towards Johnny's end here. I thought there was some decent shtick from uh, Rose. But really, I wasn't. I wasn't too into any of the other stuff. None, none of the stuff that Pete was talking about there. Just, 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 just dull. Um, <laughs> I didn't think the match even picked up until Rose demanded the belt at the end. That was probably the most interesting thing that happened. Yeah, because because then he got rushed from the crowd by a very angry old drunk man. Yeah, whose shirt was half unbuttoned. Dude looked like he was in his eighties. Just comes rushing up like, no, you don't get that fucking belt. Yeah, I have a totally different. See, I hated the whole belt thing because I thought that made Buddy look stupid. Because I mean, you you gotta know the. Oh world. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally. um. I always yeah, that. I didn't think there was much to choose between this and the the snooker backdown match. They were both disappointing. Oh whoa wow that's, and, uh, that's wrong. I, I went <laughs> same same rating two stars um Jesus and. Christ. Yeah, after that tag, it probably wouldn't like four and a half or something for you. You know, like I, I don't know. I mean, Pedro really needs to sort his act out here. If he, if he can't, if he can't <laughs> have a decent match with Buddy Rose, I mean, what the hell? Um, I don't know. I just think he needs to be put out to pasture at this point. He's just like, 
He's about to be. He's We're getting close. Yeah. He's stinking up the joint. Now he'd make a good often. tag. Now he'd, see, he'd make a good tag partner with uh, with Korea. Let Korea sell and have Pedro make get the hot tag. See, I, 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 I'm wondering if it would have been an idea to like. He may still mean something. You know, Pedro, Pedro, uh, couldn't really do much. Patson couldn't go long. Uh, Rose needs to get over. Bob Orton Jr. is on on the card. They could have made a tag match. Yeah. Something like that, maybe, because Rose, you know, like I don't know, maybe uh, Patson could have taken the pin and put Rose over. Yeah. And it would have been a way of getting. Maybe I would have booked that instead of uh, this match that nobody can win. So, yeah. Well, what what no, what they're doing is they were new buddy Rose wasn't sticking around, right? And uh, they were just milking Pedro for everything he was worth, as far as the, him being over, you know. And uh, pretty soon they're going to be done with him. <laughs> you know, it's. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I understand yeah. that, but the whole point, though, if you're trying to draw a house next month, the guy you're, you're announcing in your main your main event can't beat the IC champ. Why? Yeah. Be, because I think I, because I think they're like, okay, well, once Bob Backlund gets their, his hands on this asshole, then we're gonna see him get his comeuppance, and that's how they worked it. No, I, it should be. I either put him over in a, in a tag context or put him over like. You know, Jay Strongbow or something like that. Sorry. Or do a non-title match uh, and put him over. Hmm. Need, need you need wins to build to build momentum. I, I'm, I still maintain that. Um, uh, okay, so Capetta uh, Str- has this bit where he runs down kind of <laughs> subsequent things, and the, the only, my only my only note on this is that Strongbow got a massive pop when he was mentioned. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially as described as the fiery redskin. <laughs> like, yeah, he, but, he but got a massive pop, didn't he? Oh, he did. It, it was because everything up to him sucked. <laughs> like, it was just he was just announcing one match after another. That why? Okay, you know, the Black Demon will be against you know. Steve yeah. Travis. You know, just, it was one after another of like, who gives a shit? And I know that's how they were, but wow, he's announcing all of those too? And then hit Strongbow, and finally there's a huge pop. Yeah, and it's like someone we care on. about, which is sheer, yeah. It was like yeah, finally. Almost, yeah. But, but, but it was just like so long of just shit, and no one gives a shit. <laughs> But he was energetic. So, um, the final match, Andre the Giant and the Strongbows are taking on Blackjack Mulligan and Dee's Torture. So, Sato's still around. Obviously, this is a month back in time, so that's why they're still together. Um, Pete, what did you make of this? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, they had a lot going on. Uh, You had the Andre Mulligan feud going on. You had the Strongbows and the... uh, devious torture going on so you know you had feuds going on and you put them into pot put them put them all together and and you get a pretty hot hot match that the crowd dug um it wasn't blow away or anything but i enjoyed the andre mulligan uh 
interactions. I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot of the stuff. What, what everything was doing, and they they, they they slow the pace down. And then all of a sudden, they go into the like work rate tag. All of a sudden, so they really uh they you know they hit their gears pretty. They kept it interesting because they could slow the pace, and all of a sudden they hit a gear and they'd bring in like the quicker guys after Andre and. And blackjack would lumber around and stuff. Uh, overall, I gave it two and a half stars, and I thought of what they did was was pretty good and it was, uh, better than most of these tags that closed the shows. Yeah, um, Johnny. Uh, I love the guys with the huge sheet sign <laughs> yes. about yeah, blackjack Mulligan, you know, the real giant or, or something super, along those super super giant of the world, super <laughs> giant of the world. That was it. And I mean that takes dedication. It's what does it other... mean? I mean? Why did we come up with that? It's the best. Um, the oh, yeah, one, thing... one other thing, we also see Andre get slammed again. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But uh, the only other sheet sign in Philly is the Bruno one that's been like passed down from generations. <laughs> yeah. But there's a blackjack Hogan one <laughs> that was in response. There were the punk rockers. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, Andre comes out. He's wearing a glove. You know, Mulligan's got his glove. Cal makes sure to point out to you, you know, there's no foreign object in the glove. Andre's already shown that and completely kills the idea that this glove is deadly. The minute Andre walks out wearing his glove, it should be sold the exact other way. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. Uh, his, you know, Saito is a really nice guy outside of the ring. <laughs> In the middle of this match, Saito's kicking ass. So he's, a, he's a really nice guy outside of the ring. And, but we get Dick with the line of the century. Because that's enough of you, Cal Redman. He goes, yeah, well, maybe so was Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Cal's like, you go cold, Dick. Go cold. <laughs> it is the greatest thing I've ever heard <laughs> from these two. If this, if this is the penultimate performance... If we don't get that footage, I am satisfied with that as the last great Dick and Cal moment. <laughs> Fantastic. And the Andre going and Mully going all ECW and shit was fantastic. Uh, oh, it, was, it was hardcore, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, totally, bro. Uh, uh, that, that, that part was great. The strongest stink. <laughs> but, uh, Andre and Mulligan were bringing it. Everything else was window dressing during this, but I, I really liked it too. Uh, Kenny? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Especially, of course, the Mulligan Andre interactions. Really, it was just them having a match with the other guys sort of just in the background. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. Like Pete said, better than most of the the final match of the night tags that often we don't even get a finish and yeah we got a finish hot tag to andre house of fire uh they did the three man in a three men in the corner spot that andre yeah. always does but then with the added bonus of the strongbows ramming andre um from <laughs> behind 
in a, in a, in a big time gay looking spot. Yeah, it's, it's called no, it's it's called Buck Buck. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it goes back to an old, an old Bill Cosby album talking about in the streets of Philadelphia, kids will play Buck Buck, and that was it. And he pulls that Philly reference. Uh, so that was kind of kind of cool. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, but yeah, no, this is a fun match for sure. I, I have a few notes here. First first things first, I hate to see Jules pin Fuji in the first four. I hated that. <laughs> uh, I was much happier seeing Fuji pin Jules in the second four. Um, Dick has a note on uh, Black... Randomly during the match, he was like, oh, I really like Black Jack Mulligan's moustache. You know that? Um, so <laughs> yeah. that was... Uh, you could tell it was going late. You could tell it was going late in the evening for those two. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then um i i really really thought that i mean we've been critical of andre on this show i think it's fair to say this was one of his better performances i think we've seen i mean the the stuff versus Mulligan was intense here um mm-hmm. oh yeah and it it, re- it reminded me uh a little bit of andre in new japan pete like in, in yeah, terms and, and, of, and part of it was because he didn't have to fill out the whole 12 minutes himself does that make sense yeah and they could tag out and then let these guys do a minute or two and then they're back in, you know. Yeah. So they're able to hit all their... They can be intense the whole entire time without blowing up. And, and going back to the slam, it's it's almost never been put over. Just Blackjack Mulligan was obviously considered almost equal to Andre during this feud. He's almost as tall as him. He gets to slam him. He gets over on him constantly. Andre's... Like actually mad and not happy, giant shit. Mm-hmm. No, no one really talks talks about him as a great Andre uh, opponent, but well, might be was, one of the best. What was that cage match we watched with Andre recently, Kelly? Kamala versus Kamala. Oh, that's well, a great where, match. Where's that from? match? Uh, that was that was '84 from Toronto. 84, so so uh, I'm just saying I've seen a couple of good Andre performances recently. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm, that's uh, actually on the network. Yeah. But none yeah, of them, it, none of them in New York. Note. So my theory that he just dogs it when he ever he's an MSG <laughs> continues really. <laughs> but uh, here in Philly, you well, know, he's all, all of his good. all of his all of his favorite bars are in New York City as well. <laughs> Maybe that was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, all right. So we've got to come to the time when we do the uh, the end of show awards, the match of the night. I think we're going to have a split vote here. Pete, Pete, I got a feeling I know what you're going for. No, I'm actually going to go uh, Patterson uh, Orton. Oh, that's a surprise. Ooh, okay, cool. Johnny. Um, I'm going to go with the Miracle Jobber, uh, the tag team match. Yeah, Kelly. Yeah, same thing. Uh, Rods Estrada against Gurion Travis. Yeah, exactly the same. It was the clear standout match of this footage, I thought. So, um, what about the MVP, Pete? I'm gonna go with Johnny Rods. I, I really enjoyed his uh, his uh, bumping and stooging in that match. Yeah, uh, Johnny. Um, I agree completely with that, but I'm gonna throw mine at uh, Estrada because he was bringing it to that he had never done before. Down the T-shirt that had the E Z Z Z. That took me a second. Like, what's that? It, no, it's is Estrada. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was, and he was doing his role so so perfect with Rods. So I'm gonna 
give my to to him. Caddy. Uh, can I can I give it to the the team of Rods and Estrada? Nope. There you no. go. No, no teams. We're not Jeez. communists on this show. <laughs> individuals. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> uh, they're a tag. Hey, now Barb's got to be a little stingier since uh, Kelly called. I mean, since Chad called him out on it on. Uh, right. Oh no! Wait! No! Wait! No! No! That right. got very political. Does that mean that this uh, has to only be posted in the uh, the the political forum? Oh God, no! God, God, God! <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go with Estrada too. He really impressed me. All right, well, I'll go with Rods then, just to even things up a bit. So there you go. There we go. There you go, Parv. We came to a, a nice uh, solution, and uh, the worst uh, performer on the night, uh, Pete. Well, that, what's his name? That's stiff. Um, <laughs> Jeff Creamy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Johnny. Uh, Dick fucking Whirly, fuck him. Oh. Fuck him. <laughs> I, I did no, with his screaming in that one match. Sorry. Oh, with in the buddy match. I catch you doing that again and I'm gonna throw you out of here. See, like, shut the fuck up, you drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> you <fucking> asshole. <laughs> uh yeah, I gotta go with uh Jeff Creamy. I think we could actually We've we've done how many episodes now? Sixty one, and you have the the Billy Graham Award on where the big boys play. We can make ours the Jeff Creamy Award on. God, he was he he is one of the worst performances I've ever seen in wrestling. But I'm still I, 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 I still give it a strong vote probably. No, I'm, 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 no, it has to be Jeff Creamy. It has to be Jeff Creamy. He was bloody terrible. Hey, hey Creamy Mania running wild here. At the <laughs> So, uh, what are we doing next uh, next time, Kelly? Uh, well, I'm not going to run down the whole card again, uh, because I ran it down at the uh, end of the previous Titans. Right. So, <laughs> it's, um, it's a mix of <laughs> it's a mix of the November SB show and the November uh, Spectrum show, basically. Okay, okay great. And uh, just before we go, give us your Twitter handles and let's get out of here. Pete, what's your Twitter handle? At Titans O Wrestling. Johnny, is uh, you, are you all on the same one? We have a new one, Johnny. We have imaginary yes, story. Yes, I was going to let you plug that one. I don't. Uh, I can't remember what it is. Um, yeah, yeah, me neither. Let's uh, <laughs> go Titans O Wrestling, man. Did didn't you have a new one, Kelly? Yes, but Johnny, we also have a, a comic book pod one too. Mine is at MSG eighteen eighty for uh, at the garden. At MSG eighteen eighty eighteen eighty. Okay, and mine is uh, at Jerry Von K, just the letter K. And uh, so, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed that, this. That, that was the, the most pathetic group of old white guys. <laughs> trying to th- throw out their Twitter handles. I've ever We're on Twitter life. now, kids. <laughs> it's it's like it's like when the internet first came out and everyone was like www dot. Kelly, you're not in on the uh, on the uh, Twitter lingo. It's it's lads. Hey lads, we're on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, brother, okay. brother Pete. <laughs> All right. Um, so until then, uh, so long for now. Lads. 
I only join this. I only join like I join these <laughs> different dating sites, right, for like one month. Right. So what I did was I packed them in. I basically just like I went up like eight dates in like two weeks and stuff like that. <laughs> dude, dude, believe me, I'm not laughing at you for doing them. Believe me, I've got a history with these with fucking dating sites. <laughs> but uh, oh, I've never oh, got, I, I, but I've never gotten fucking uh, oh, eight or wow. Did you did you use this profile picture? Because I I I swipe right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know what that means. Swipe right? Is that no? Okay, no, I no, 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 no. That's, that's yes. <laughs> Believe me. No, that's Tinder. You, oh yeah, Tinder, yeah, right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not my uh, my stomping ground. Was the Guardian Soulmates website? <laughs> Shakespeare, Shakespeare Electric as well in that demographic. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know your, you got to know your market, you know. <laughs> I'm just, what a gentleman. The entire time I was reading that, I was like, go. So after he fucked her, he dumped her, right? Because <laughs> like, I, I know, for me, I'm just like, well. We gotta finish this night. <laughs> no, 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 in all in all seriousness, that one, I couldn't look at her. <laughs> like that was she had. A, I don't know. She she may be one of the most uh, unaffected well, people I've ever met. Well, you know, there are ways to not have to look at her. <laughs> oh no, that was that was big, like beyond the point. Where, <laughs> I'm just saying. Been, I'm saying if it was me, because you obviously immediately, oh, eight. I mean, I, I did not have the greatest of success with these. So I'm like, well, that's the only fish I caught. I better eat it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I, I think there's a, I, I honestly think that would even, because uh, I, I, I understand the idea of like being polite and following through and all that, but no. <laughs> no how many times have you done the polite thing? Yeah, yeah, I love that. What if, you get done banging a chick and you get, I'm sorry, I really don't have anything to do. I was just only, I don't want to talk to you or don't call me. I was just doing the polite thing. There was one, and it was, in fact, the one which, uh, <laughs> do, do you remember I told you, I told you this before, when uh, I had this idea that I really wanted to. Um, do a fail. Remember, I told you that. I remember. Yeah. And that was that was a case where I did. That was a case where I was just like, yeah, do you know what? Let's not bother. <laughs> uh, like, as in, I don't know. Like, I gave. I was. I was polite, as it were. Well, what and were then, words that never words that never come out of my mouth. <laughs> that was a. That was a case where I was like, do you know what? I don't think this is gonna like. Yeah, I'll just take you home. How about that? Did you do the polite thing and ask her if you wanted to swing by McDonald's on the way home? <laughs> no, I'd already given the dinner. No, so. no, no. That's it. Look, I, I'm sorry. I didn't do the polite thing and fuck you, but may I bribe you with a Big Mac? <laughs> she was she said, it, I mean, her, wait, like, so you, you didn't have sex with the fat one? I thought you had sex with the fat one. Yeah, well, that, I thought that was, that, I thought that, that you, you gave me the, I, the old college try. I don't know, I, I, well, I gave, so, how can I put this? <laughs> I, I made sure, I made sure that she had, 
a good time. But when it came time to actually... Okay. Oh, 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 so you, oh, yeah. so you had two dinners. <laughs> so, I, so I was, I was, you know, polite. But then when it came to actually doing it, I was like... I gotta tell you, Farm, that actually is polite. Yeah, it is. That, my friend, is amazingly polite. Look, more than what most people would do, I'm sure. Oh, don't believe me. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me. Beyond the call of duty. I'm going to stand up right now and salute you, sir. (laughs) Because that, that, no, that's, that's first class. That's, well, that's, that's, what, dude, that's what that's what Clark Gable would have done. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, that's always that's always uh, that's always been my policy. If you if you if you do if you do that stuff if you do that stuff up front, they'll be like, well, you know, all the pressure's off then. Wait, wait, is, that, is that your official policy? You get like on a date, he brings out a book. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I, I guess carve guarantees oral sex at the very moment. <laughs> no, it's hanging uh, behind his desk uh, in his office. Oh, you know, <laughs> we guarantee oh, that, that was not, you will. You, that you will. Have, was, you have your pussy eaten. There was that one girl who uh, who completely. <laughs> there was the one who. Uh, she was weird as well, but the, she was making all those comments, and that was the end of that was the end of it as well. Because where she was going, uh, she was going. Have you ever seen that show, Alan Partridge? Yes. Johnny? Yes. Yes. She basically like turned into Alan Partridge the minute she got naked. She was like going. She was like going. Hello, what's this? And it was like it was honestly like they'd been in bed with like William Regal or something like in the middle of like it was so bizarre that was really um, oh. so that was that was another one but I went you know I, I did sleep with that one so but oh, no. that was the only the thing to do only once because she is that part of the policy only once. <laughs> No, no, no. There's, I did. I did. I mean, I, when's Pete gonna arrive? Uh, I don't. I don't know. But, but, but I, I did. Um, but, I, but I am recording all of this. You know, I, it was a little. <laughs> it was kind of a little social game where um, every day, every day, I got a formula down. So I was, I was pretty much, I was pretty much a formula worker for all of the days. <laughs> so I had the I same her, like you. You gave her the full cicluna. <laughs> I had the same. I took them to the same. I took them to the same bar. Where, um, there was this like uh, little speakeasy in London that was cool, and it was the same formula, the same chat, the same. Like I'd have like set thing to take them through. Obviously, they didn't know it was all set, but because um, you're, you're, you're that good of a worker. Um, and uh, yeah, well, really, I'd use the formula to try to. Like to test to see how where they'd go basically because obviously it was it'd be the same but different every time. Oh no! If 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 you ever deviated from the formula, Matt D would have been very upset. <clears throat> well, I, I mean the more the more successful ones are the were the ones who clearly were not going to be railroaded. <laughs> Is that what you call it? 